Hi, this is Elijah reporting Slip coming back to you with another episode. Your buddy, your pal, your mediator between fact and fiction, opinion and logic, as well as objective versus subjective truth. With that being said, let's get right into it. So, disclaimer for first. Do not send any hate or harassment to any of the ethnicities that are being brought up in this podcast, as this is not the point of me talking about these ethnicities in this podcast and people don't deserve hate, so don't do it. Okay, as that was a segue, let's get right into the topic at hand. The topic is going to be about marginalization of ethnicity. I will talk about more on other marginalized classes, but ethnicity will be the main focal point of this episode. So, if you don't understand what ethnicity is, and ethnicity is basically, and I'm going to give a loose definition for it, it's defined as a group of people who share a similar nationality or cultural background. And so, which you could tell people of a similar ethnicity will be people, say, who are Irish. There are Irish people who share the same ethnicity because they will either share the same nationality or cultural background, and which is an interesting point. So, why I talk about marginalization, and let's use Irish as an example, because the Irish were, in fact, and I will say still pretty much are in this day and age, are people who were very much marginalized back in the 18 to 1900s. And you could even look back all the way to the 1100s and so and you could still see the Irish population were definitely marginalized. But for the sake of modern understanding, let's go around to the 19th century. So there was a lot of issues around I'm in Europe about the Irish folk. If you don't know, a lot of uh, Irish individuals were, in fact, marginalized by other European people, despite everybody having, according to popular ideas back then, the same white pigmentation as seen as now as a colloquial used white folks as a way of describing themselves. Though this more came about at, during the times of colonization, as this was during the time of colonization, when the individuals of Europe were more colonizing around the world, so they decided to make distinctors between them and other people. But back then, it was more of a at-home thing. So Irish folks were not considered white, and so they were other and marginalized, akin to how a lot of countries, which mostly featured people of the same ethnicity and the same skin color, but like slight differentiations, and even then some not slight differentiations in pigment, would in fact be marginalized. It was more of a way of making a distinction between who was superior and who was inferior as that's become a common theme in human history where we seek out to look for class systems and rankings to distinguish ourselves from others. It's a form of establishing a pecking order which exists in certain mammals but the issue is with humans it doesn't exactly fly very well because you know we have more of the capability of vocalizing our discontent with that but around the time that colonization brought around more people of color darker folks it started weaning past the prejudice towards other people with the same pigmentation and leaning towards people who were making certain types of judgments based on the lighter or darker of the skin. So this is where we see a lot of the beginnings of the racism institutions of prejudice that exists in contemporary time as people of color who who primarily live in Caucasian countries that features a higher majority of people of a lighter skin pigmentation or ethnicities more followed along the lines of Caucasian or white in colloquial terms. So 
With this, the issue is when you bring people who look different and have different cultures into a group of people who've long standing have had their own cultures as the hegemony, you start to have, of course, clashing. And there was prejudice immediately as far as when you bring these people of color to this section of places and then you want to establish this sort of pecking order. This happened in the Americas during the time of slavery, of course, and it happened in like a lot of European countries as people did not truly care for the idea of having people of different ethnicities to change their way of living. So this is where a lot of prejudice started finally gaining real traction, or even though prejudice existed long before then, this is where more of the common theme, the common contemporary era of prejudice started gaining the name and the ideas to which we know about today, as when you look back in a lot of history, you will look squarely th at colonization as like this big issue of prejudice and racism that spawned from it. So with all that said, let's start looking at marginalization. Marginalization is the idea that a certain group, no matter the ethnicity, will be basically othered, shunted into this minority category. They're the not the majority, they're kind of the odd person out. They are the people who generally get more oppressed and more put down by the rest of society. They're not generally well garnered by the rest of the society that they lived in. Their lives aren't really taken as important or a priority to the quote-unquote majority of that society. So people who are marginalized are generally people who are very much in a downtrodden state of where they aren't very much the top in a pecking order kind of thing if you want to look at it like a pyramid of hierarchies. So to that, there's a lot of times that people who, of color or people who are marginalized will be put in this category of their your needs are only secondary to our needs and our needs aka the majority in that time the people with the hegemony of that society are the people who you will see more of a focus on in almost anything unless it's like policies in order to well oppress that marginalized category though it's not as prominent as it was previously where there were in fact laws, ordinance, and issues regarding around the government would play inside of helping marginalize the other category even more. So with that being said, let's get down into explaining the actual examples of marginalization using a multitudinous amount of examples. But first, let's define racism as it plays a lot into marginalization. It's described as prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against a person or people based on their membership in a particular racial or ethnic group, typically one that is a minority or marginalized group. So in that way, marginalization falls into racism. So that's a category of racism. And so racism is also very much an institutional idea, as in, it happens institutionally. So when someone will call someone racist, it usually means that they benefit from the institution of racism and not that, oh, you had done something particularly prejudiced or discriminated or antagonistic to an individual person. It's just something you've done has, in fact, benefited you through racism while underprivileging people of color more. So this is to say, if someone accuses you of some sort of prejudice or racism by chance it's not that they're saying you are a prejudiced person that you do antagonistic things it's that something you've done or something you've said might 
benefit you specifically through racism, as in the institutions at play, the hegemony of people who are in majority, they are in fact what ties into racism as a definition. So say you got pulled over for a drug charge, say you have cannabis on you, and somehow you are, say, lighter skin, fairer skin, no one could tell if you're a person of color, and the officer just lets you go with a warning. With that example in tow, let's get to a similar example. Say you are a person of color and you're darker skin, that officer will most likely arrest you. They'll charge you with a drug offense, to which is a highly likelihood that you will end up in jail for quite a few years. This is an example of racism as the person who did get let off benefited from racism as an institutional issue because the police officer who is a part of said institution, which is the institution of, well, justice and enforcement, this person, the first example person, would have benefited from racism that had taken place at this institutional level. So, Despite the person themselves not engaging in any prejudices, the example person not doing anything truly prejudiced or antagonistic to any marginalized person, they did benefit from racism. And that's generally how people actually classify racism, because they're not calling people racist for any prejudice discriminatory actions, more that they're benefiting from a system in play that obviously underprivileges people of color as if you look at the statistics, African-American men are three times as likely to be arrested and sent to jail for drug abuse, and especially minor drug abuse like cannabis. So in this example, the marginalized person, being the person of color, would be someone who has dealt with racism, and the other person would be the one who is inadvertently participating in racism, not because they've done actually anything, it's just because they are kind of complacent in the system that allowed them to go scot-free. And there are many examples of people who will even tote and brag about how they escaped the police after doing something pretty illegal, like driving 40 over the speed limit, or having open bottles of alcohol in their car, or even like mouthing off to the police. These are people who are complacent in a system that benefits them. Other examples of marginalized groups would be people in the LGBTQIA plus community. They are, in fact, marginalized by a lot of society, and even within their own communities, there are people who are even further marginalized, say, by the fact of intersection, as they are not just like, say, Caucasian and gay, trans, or you name it. So marginalization exists in all fronts of society. Uh, Michel Foucault said it best when he said that power exists in all levels of society. There will never be a place in society at any levels, not even just government or institution, that there isn't a power dynamic and hegemony that exists. So even interpersonally, there is, in fact, a power dynamic that comes into play. Another example are women, just gender, heterosexual women. They are part of a marginalized status, as a lot of them still are in a place of dealing with sexism. They do, in fact, still make lesser money than their male counterparts, as well as the fact that there's always an issue of whole credentials, quote-unquote, to hiring a woman over a man. People will believe that a man will be more qualified and have more credentials than a woman who, in fact, does have way more qualifications to take this job over her male counterpart. In that way, that person would be benefiting from a sexist 
part of society, that institutional issue of sexism. So why is this important? Well, let's get into the science of it all. So due to the fact that a lot of people of color and very much any marginalized group has to deal with the sort of institutional oppression that they've dealt with for years prior and even to this day still a certain amount of it, aka microaggressions, which is defined as an unintentional discriminatory act against a ethnic group or just a marginalized group in general. This could be subtle or indirect, but in any case, it still exists in contemporary time. So the importance of this is the fact that this leads to a lot of issues psychologically for a lot of people of color, a lot of people of different ethnic backgrounds have very much dealt with certain mental illnesses that pop up from dealing with racism, microaggressions, and just oppressive discriminatory actions in their day-to-day life. So one of the biggest ones is PTSD, which is a shorthand for post-traumatic stress disorder, to which people who have dealt with certain microaggressions, discrimination, or prejudice have developed sort of an anxiety disorder that will make them well, flashback to any of the times, be more on guard, be more paranoid, be less trusting of people around them, so on and so forth. So if you ever wondered why people seem so guarded around you, it's because they've dealt with certain levels of microaggressions that have led to PTSD. This pops up in a lot of people, especially people who have been victims of molestation. So there's a lot of women out there who have dealt with this and have a lot of forms of PTSD and other anxiety disorders. So with that same line of thought, when you really think about it, There's a lot of individuals who will, in fact, deal with their everyday life if they are in a marginalized group will have a lot of issues when it comes around to paranoia as they would have after experiencing some sort of discrimination, prejudice, or microaggression that has affected them. So on that same thought, you look at the fact there are thousands of ethnicities out there, thousand plus ethnicities out there in the world. So if you think about how many have dealt with marginalization, you'll realize that a lot of the time when these people do in fact speak over their lived experiences, their anecdotes that will, well, show how they feel, what they've dealt with, and like just given it very much a brief synopsis of how their lives have been, it's very imperative to where you'd want to listen to them because as dismissing them will in fact cause more of a increase in their mental distress and could play bigger into their anxiety. While continuing the same thought and continuing the science of it, we will turn around and look at the majority or what Michel Foucault will talk about as the power dynamics that exist between the elite as well as the people who are in the lower parts of society. So the majority, the people who have the power, it's usually seen as the Caucasian people or the individuals who of fairer skin are considered the most beautiful, the most powerful, the most successful. There's a lot of issues regarding around how people view those who are of lighter skin as possibly more successful. Well, the psychology of that with them, and a lot of the reasons why there are people of color who feel disenfranchised by the way society works, is that a lot of individuals who are in power will, in fact, dismiss the lived experiences of these marginalized individuals. Have you ever tried to tell people your traumatic and tragic story of being molested as a woman and you find that most people aren't going to believe you and they'll in fact question you on it? Or maybe you are a person who's dealt with a microaggression at work and you say that to your bosses and they will have a hard time believing that's true. Well, this is by far a big example of cognitive dissonance. 
cognitive dissonance is the idea that people will try to reason or rationalize things that would normally not make sense when applied to certain scenarios and situations. It's that their brain wants to shorthand the amount of processing that it needs to do for scenario to scenario. So say someone just told you a very traumatic story, and you who haven't dealt with something similar, your brain will try to, in fact, make a shorthand of it, basically like making a short copy folder in your mind that you will basically pull information out of instead of, well, critically thinking about each situation from situation to person. And this way you will apply certain internalized beliefs and thoughts about it. So despite the situation sounding bad, you as a person will possibly find a way in which it's not as bad as this person told it to be. So how it's cognitive dissonance is in the fact that you know in a general situation what they said, the action of what happened to them is bad, but they as a person who has six different experience as you and do not say look like you or have the same culture as you will basically interfere with how you start to process and understand this and you will in fact give an answer or feedback based on your personal experiences that differ from the other person. So knowing it's bad or knowing the action is wrong, yet having internal beliefs which contradicts that as in maybe you believe that action wasn't that bad because your internalized beliefs will tell you that's not wrong. With that contradiction in hand, your brain will make that shortcut to make it easier for processing instead of critical thinking. So you will say to that person that, hey, maybe you just understood it wrong, or maybe that's not exactly how it happened. So you will end up being dismissive of that individual, to which makes a very interesting process of feeling deject and disenfranchised by the person of color in this marginalized group. And this is where a lot of people of color and people in marginalized groups starts to feel as if they are not important to society, that their p problems and opinions aren't taken into account, they're not a priority. As far as if it was inversed or reversed and the majority group went through the same thing, it would be way quicker to be believed. So in that, there's a lot of contention about these issues at hand, especially because there's a lot of hypocritical notions of the fact that there are, say, Caucasian individuals who pull the same instances of these negative things or report these instances of things happening to them and it's way quicker to be believed. It starts this argument of, is society just very racist, sexist, homophobic, etc. because of the fact that if done to these people in power then they would have a quicker time doing something about it and being believed. So this leads into the fact that there are people who believe that able-bodied Caucasian individuals will be tr more trusted and believed over a marginalized group in which they have the similar issues or even if it's like they both were arbiters of certain negative actions. Well, cognitive dissonance is the person of color or the marginalized person of the group will definitely face repercussions while the Caucasian individual will generally go off scot-free and people around them will question the actions of the marginalized group instead of the, the majority individual. So one of the examples of the forms this takes is people of a marginalized group who feel isolated by other people. They feel they do not have many close confidants, any friends to in fact relay these emotions and experience and these traumas too and fear of being considered ridiculous or overdramatic or so on and so forth while 
those in power or those who hold a hegemony will certainly have a lot of individuals around them. They'll have a lot of friends despite any negative intentions they may have or any horrendous acts they might have committed. They will generally have people who will be by them or believe them even when they say something that is very subjectively wrong or unmoralistic, yet are not given the same treatment as the marginalized minority classes that have to face a lot of questioning and really probing of the validity of their statements. This leads to a feeling of hypocrisy and unfairness that marginalized classes have and that they feel like they will never be fully respected and trusted as people of a society while individuals who have caused a lot of harm or done anything and somehow are a part of the majority, the elite, whatever you want to call them, can get away with saying or doing anything while still having people who will believe them and stand by them. So this is a big topic of contention because a lot of individuals feel this is a clear-cut sign of issues that are fester in the internalized society members and that needs to be changed while p other people who do go through cognitive dissonance do not see this as a problem. They don't see the way these individuals have lived and their experiences and sights of this so they will most likely argue against it. So with all of this in mind and everything said and done, these individuals who are marginalized will have dealt with a lot of issues of microaggressions, racism, prejudice, discrimination, you name it, and in that way they will have these many internalized negativities inside of them that will manifest in some sort of disorder or at least anxiety that will consistently prompt them to either, well, stay away from people who are in the majority classes or just completely isolate themselves and not talk about anything, sometimes even going as far as to mask themselves from society, not describe their feelings, just to hold it in, and if anything bad happens, just to not let anyone know. And there are a lot of individuals who do that. This is very much a heavy research topic of those who feel very much disenfranchised and taken back by how they've had to deal with life so that to conform to everybody else and like not leave in any of their lived experiences through their marginalization in contemporary society where they talk to other people. This leading to individuals to in fact internalize uh, hatred toward their respective category that makes them marginalized or like uh, loathing of those who are outside of their group to which they will have a lot of issues over time dealing with as they grow older, especially if this happens to you while you're still in developmental years between the ages of, well, 2 to 10, 2 to 14. So this is very much a serious issue that is taken into account in a lot of psychology nowadays, as many therapists and counselors have in fact dealt with a lot of individuals who have developed certain levels of mental disorders, which is correlated to the amount of microaggressions and actions of dismissal that they have received by people on the outside in relation to their marginalized status to the people in power. So experts say that the best way of dealing with this is to be intentive, as well as really utilize critical thinking in the way of listening to people in marginalized classes, that it's better to listen and try to understand than to dismiss and just berate them for their feelings and their lived experiences, because that will only lead to a more aggressive environment for them, and they will feel as if they cannot come to you as a person anymore. Personally, I feel affirmation definitely 
causes a better situation for those in marginalized groups and it has been in fact proven especially in developmental psychology that affirmation or positive reinforcements do help in development of individuals for a more personhood and feeling more in-depth and confident in their knowledge and experiences it helps them grow up to be very much more healthy and be able to cope with certain things of society better so if you do that for the people who are around you who are already of age that will allow for them to feel a certain level of trust in you and be more confident in who they are as a person instead of internalizing self-hatred. And finally, it's just a good idea to always be kind to people around you. It's never an okay thing to try to instantaneously make sense of a situation instead of just thinking about it and trying to come up with a good, well-thought-up answer to the person or even just listening because a lot of the times people just want individuals to listen to them and just agree without throwing in their specific opinions because your opinions could be very much biased and have a different well take because you have internalized certain aspects that are different than that marginalized class so with that i would like to end the episode here i know i talked a lot about this and this episode ran longer than normal but i thought this was a very interesting topic to talk about especially with today's political climate and everything happening around the world just things about marginalized classes is definitely something to bring up again and remember to like be kind to those around you and remember to listen to all sides of things just so you know because you never know what that person who you kind of dismissed has been going through in their everyday life so thank you all again for listening to my podcast my name is Eliza with Freudian Slip and y'all have a fantastic day